This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu for more information. Casual observers may have concluded that Google's introduction this week of its Chrome web browser was a direct assault on the dominance of Microsoft's Explorer. But Wharton professors David Chu and Kevin Warbach see a longer-term strategy at work. They say Google wants the new browser to influence the development of web technology that can attract consumers to its various web applications, making Google overall more attractive to advertisers. Kevin, can you talk to us a little bit about the strategy involved here and um, whether or not this move by Google to introduce a new browser is a move that's really beyond just the browser? Well, I think I think for Google, the browser market per se is not so important. What Google cares about is the potential of the internet as an application platform. And so I think Google's goal in introducing this new Chrome browser is not so much to take Microsoft's market share in distributing browser software, but to move the entire market further along away from the desktop software market where browsers exist to begin with. They, they want to introduce a browser that helps make it easier for people to get their applications directly through the web. And Google is actually providing a lot of those applications in direct competition with Microsoft, which off, like the Office suite. Right. Google's business is web-based. Their core search business is web-based. The applications they provide, like Gmail and the various other applications, are through the network. Google's big bet, strategically, is that activity will move from desktop software, whether by Microsoft or anyone else, to the network cloud, where the functionality is in a data center scaled up across many users. Do you anticipate that a lot of users will flock to this new browser and in order to take advantage of the cloud-based applications? It remains to be seen. What, what Google has introduced now is a beta pre-release version of a browser. It's got some nice aspects, uh, some you know, some you know, quality things behind the scenes, but it's a browser. Uh, users, I think, will try it out because they're curious, and it's Google, and it sounds interesting. Um, but it's it's early to tell how much of a dent it's going to make in the market. Again, though, I think Google's long-term play is not to control the browser market. If they can get, for example, their JavaScript code, uh, which is the the application engine that they've built into this application, into the next version of Firefox, say, and distribute it out that way, I think they'd be happy. Again, that that's their ultimate goal is much more than getting a lot of users just for the browser. Okay, uh, David, what does what does Firefox do uh, in the face of this? Do they immediately start adapting some of the code from the new Google browser, or do they try something different? I think Firefox um, is <clears throat> also ahead of the curve in terms of using an app, uh, open source platform for the generation of, of, of their browser. And I think it's the case that one of the reasons why Google is forward integrating into a browser is because even though they have a relationship with Firefox, they want to have ultimate control over the evolution of the components. And uh, that's on the one hand, but paradoxically, they're also going to make an open source product. So I view, uh, you know, I, I think that Kevin largely has it right with respect to why they're making this move. It is a little bit of a puzzle because uh, with the browser, you have a, a situation where the different components are standardized. So you have protocols that are standard uh, web addresses that are standard, et cetera. So the, dif- the, the points of differentiation vis-a-vis the other browsers uh, is going to be somewhat limited. So you have things like download speed, 
maybe encryption, uh, privacy mode, and these other things, along with the application integration. And I think that uh, it, it remains to be seen how much of a, of, of a leap this particular product is going to be with respect to competitors like Explorer uh, or Firefox or Safari. But I think it's going to be very difficult because of the standardization that's built into the product. And maybe because it's going to be open source, there's going to be some convergence with Firefox uh, with respect to the different functionality um, that we're going uh, that we're going to see that we're going to see, but I think the good news for consumers is that there's going this is kind of opening up a new race of innovation, uh, and it's being driven by obviously more of the advertising generation, control of the search market, et cetera. But I think consumers are going to be the beneficiaries of this renewed competition um, in this realm. And when you say that they've developed this as an open source product, my understanding is that that means that it has components that are available to uh, anybody who wants to develop products that would work on this on this platform. Yeah, and I think this links back with the potential adoption. This is very much of like an Adobe type of play. We're g- we're going to give away the uh, the reader and hope to for free try to get a lot of adoption for our product, but then charge and make our revenues off uh, off the writer. And the analog here is we're going to make money off as Google uh, in our advertising-based strategy. But the problem here is that um, Internet Explorer comes bundled with Windows computers. And so that's why they have over 70% market share because very few people are interested unless there's a, a compelling value proposition to switch over. And I think that the people that are more uh, cognizant of speed, encryption, all these other issues of functionality are already using Firefox or mm-hmm. perhaps Safari uh, or Opera or some other uh, uh, browser. And so I think there's a, a, there's it's like um, you know investments in our IRA or retirement funds. We basically you know leave it there. We don't rebalance, tend to rebalance, even though economic theory suggests that we should very you know, frequently. It's the default. And so I, you know, and there's going to be a raised visibility here in terms of the release of this product, but in terms of the ultimate goal of gaining market share, I'm not sure that that's the ultimate goal that Google has in release, releasing this product. But if that's one of their, their kind of uh, shorter-term milestones, I have a little bit of skepticism as to whether it's going to really accomplish in the near term a big move in the needle in terms of of gaining market share for this kind of more inertial type of of reasons. But it does give them more control over what the market looks like, what the the technology looks like, does it not? It, it does, but I want to go back to something in your last question, which is about open source. And, and David, David makes a very good point about a couple of very good points about the nature of the browser market. But it's important to understand just what Google is doing here and that what they can do because of open source software. Google took a component called uh, the WebKit rendering engine, which was built by Apple for Apple's Safari browser. Um, it's, the, it's the code that lets the browser actually display uh, the contents of a page. Apple made that available as open source. There's another open source rendering engine called Gecko that's underlying Firefox. Google chose the Apple one. 
So Google didn't have to build a rendering engine from scratch. They could take the best of breed one that was there in the market as open source mm-hmm. uh, and incorporate that into Google's browser. Then Google went out and built some other pieces, like this JavaScript engine, which is the, the, to power the, the running of web applications. And then they open sourced that. So now someone else who comes along and wants to build a new browser or an extension to Chrome can take advantage of the innovations that Google has made. This is a fundamental change in the way that software works. It used to be if you wanted to build a browser, as Netscape did and then Microsoft did, you had to go and build the whole thing from scratch. Now you can leverage these existing code bases. Um, and that's, a, that's an important development. It's a development that, that Microsoft and many other companies are, are recognizing now. Um, but I don't think we, we would have seen this kind of innovation uh, that the Google browser represents come up without open source being so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means is Google has control, um, but that control is limited because voluntarily they've made the browser open source. So they can't exercise the same control over their browser platform as Microsoft can over Internet Explorer. But that's intentional because there's a bigger market if they bring in all the other developers who could come in and help improve the platform. Exactly. And I believe they hope that Microsoft would start adopting some of these technologies also. Well, yes and no. Uh, I mean, I, I think on the one hand, I really don't think that this is an offensive move against Microsoft. It's somewhat of a defensive move in that if Microsoft tries to leverage the, the bundling that David talked about and say, really steer people to their search platform as opposed to Google's search engine, having Firefox with about 20% market share and Chrome with some substantial market share is a, is a good backstop for Google you know, as a market alternative. Um, but that, that's a defensive play. I, I think other than that, this is, again, more about this, this big war of transitioning from software to the web. And at that level, um, Microsoft can't compete with Google. They, they're, they're behind. They're, they're beholden to a business model mm-hmm. based around selling licenses of Windows and Microsoft Office. Um, and so Microsoft is doing everything they can to move to the web, to the cloud model, um, but they, they're they're beholden to their legacy model in a way that Google isn't. So Google, frankly, ultimately doesn't care if Microsoft adopts their browser technologies as long as they can't lock people into the rest of their software suite by virtue of the browser. Oh, I see. Can Google's strategy be described as an attempt to design the playing field so that it gets the biggest possible audience and draws the most advertisers? I think ultimately it is uh, to really facilitate uh, this uh, big advertising uh, model. I think what's interesting as we think about, uh, again, this question of given the relationship that Google has with Firefox, why they need to develop this. And I, I see this as uh, kind of coding the, 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 the landscape uh, and planting a flag there. And obviously this is a first release of the product. It's not yet final. But it is very interesting, going back to the theme of the open source, that in terms of protectability of the components of what goes into the browser. And um, this morning I did a search on the, um, the patent database to see to, to what extent these companies are, are uh, filing for patents uh, for, for these different areas. And I did a, a search on Microsoft and the word browser and came up with over 3,000 patents. Now, of course, I didn't have time to read all those. But then I did the search on Mozilla uh, and, and browser, zero. And then I did the search on Google and browser, about 100 patents. Um, and so I think it really does go to show the differing strategies here. I think it really is a bet on future migration and whether we're going to go the more Microsoft routes where 
we're going to trust that they have a lot of talents, uh, talented developers that can spot different uh, trends and functionalities that we as consumers want, or do we leave it in the hands of uh, of you know hobbyists or other uh, developers that uh, want to take on extra projects um, at night or uh, you know to add to functionality and and bring it into the open um, domain, more of an open innovation model. Um, and so, in terms of protectability. These are very different models, and it is interesting to see that Google, in spite of its relationship uh, with uh, with Mozilla, really does want to uh, develop its own. And it's, by the way, it's not cutting off that uh, that relationship with Mozilla; it's pursuing it concurrently. You mentioned the possibility that consumers may not have as much control or influence over the development of these products as they might otherwise, and I'm wondering how the consumer influence mechanism works in this marketplace? Well, I think there's different ways in which companies uh, can go about doing this. They, certainly blogs, there's uh, Starbucks has instituted a, you know, in, in an attempt to revitalize their brand, take, open up a website where they can uh, take consumer suggestions. Mm-hmm. Open source is quite a different model um, in that if, if I really see the lack of functionality and I'm a computer programmer, I, you know, there's, there's organized uh, uh, ways in which I can get involved at different levels of, of responsibility to really take it in my own hands. Uh, and there's obviously a big academic debate is the motivations for participation. But uh, at, at least anecdotally, it seems like these are, are kind of, of people that are quite interested just personally in seeing, um, you know, cer- certain functionalities come to fruition. So it's still possible for um, independent technologists, hobbyists, or even ser- really serious entrepreneurs to identify consumer needs and try to meet them using the open source uh, coding available through the Google browser. Sure, and that's that, that's the not just with the Google browser. That that's what open source means. Mm-hmm. Developers can, if they see a need, can can build to it. But but ultimately, I think this is less about uh, consumer demand. It's it's more about pushing the market to where companies think that consumers are going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I think most of the, the focus on this as Google's threat to Microsoft is, is really off base, at least as far as how Google is thinking about it. Google is an engineering-driven company. Um, and if you look at what Google did in search, uh, what they did in search is solve a hard engineering problem, which is how to do search at massive scale on the internet um, with the kind of fuzzy things people type in um, much more accurately than anyone had done before. Um, it's not a, it's not a fully solved problem. There's, they're innovating. Lots of other people are innovating, um, but they focused on that in the belief that if you could build a very accurate, very scalable search engine and just do that, people would flock to it. Um, and they did a bunch of other things around user interface. It was very clean and spare and so forth, um, partly because they didn't care about all the jazz. That, that's what was, was important to them. Uh, and the result of that was people did flock to it. And then they found this extraordinarily lucrative business model around it. So look at what they're doing here. Um, their bet, again, is on applications being run over the web. So things like uh, Gmail, their, their email client, um, and their Google you know, applications as just a starting point. The idea that, that everything that you do now in desktop software and more will be run across the network. The technical underpinning of that being effective um, is uh, good technology locally on your machine to run that program, the piece that has to be run locally quickly, mm-hmm. as well as 
good, incredibly scalable technology at the other end at the data center that's running that in the core of the network. Google is great at the core data center piece, um, but they're still they're still investing and working there, as as is Microsoft and Yahoo and various other companies. Um, I think they saw a gap at the browser, and even though there's Firefox, which provides some consumer choice, the the Firefox development community wasn't fully invested in building a really fast and evolving a really fast effective. Um, application runtime engine in the browser mm-hmm. um, because that Firefox isn't as committed to this this web cloud model exclusively as Google is. So I, I think, honestly, Google saw that as something that needed to be in the market that would benefit them strategically in the long term and said, we're going to do that. Okay. Um, and then the benefits in terms of competition with Microsoft are, are things that flow along with it. If the uh, some years ago there was talk about the browser essentially becoming the operating system in, in, in on, on many PCs, is this a step in that direction? I think it. I mean, I, I think it is. One thing I'm, I think that there's going to be. Um, if you think about the introduction of this project product strategically, you know how much of a of a step up is it really? Maybe I can save a few seconds. Uh, you know, I can certainly run applications. Uh, on any on, on on any browser of, of the kind that that Kevin is talking about, I think that you know starting from scratch or almost scratch, Google can you know build it around what they see as the vision of what computing will be. But ultimately, um, you know, if I think that there's going to be uh, a market that's going to be significant in mobile, for example, you know this this integration that the you know this exciting potential for integration with their Android. Uh, product for uh, Google's, you know, Android product for for cell phones. I think that that you know could be exciting, and certainly with the, in comparison with the iPhone and the Safari browser, you know that works works pretty well. But I don't see the analog necessarily in the in the short run of what of the kind of kind of compelling value proposition that Google is going to bring to either the desktop market or the kind of cell phone market. That's that's really kind of a 10x improvement on what we have now, and maybe I just haven't seen far enough in my crystal ball uh, in terms of of the way these things are evolving. But as I understand it, and as I've been playing around with uh, Chrome myself this morning, you know, there yes, there are some possibly some speed improvements. I can do some shortcuts that are going to save a few seconds vis-a-vis my other browsers, but. You know, this is, in my view, first and foremost, enabling, you know, planting a stake in the ground, saying, look, we don't want to risk, uh, you know, ceding any control, uh, even in a, in a kind of pretty close partner with Firefox. And so we got to protect, we got a lot of money in the bank, we got to protect our kind of, of um, you know, cash cow, the, the advertising uh, model. And so I, I don't yet quite see the kind of compelling value to consumers because there's there's issue protectability. You know, they've got the open source model. Microsoft sees, oh, hey, that tab browsing is really great or that, you know, some other innovation that Firefox or Google might come up with. You know, how are they going to protect that? And what, what's going to stop them from, from kind of making, you know, they've got – Microsoft's got eight kind of versions of their product so far – uh, while Google's on their first, what's going to stop them from kind of uh, a, kind of appropriating all those kind of innovations and kind of building them on to the next, you know, the next version of, of the browser, even if it's for the mobile market? Mm-hmm. But if Microsoft does that, to some extent, it's good for Google because it allows it it it, it supports 
in a in a more direct way the uh, web based applications that they're they're trying to push. Correct. Yeah. Again, I I, I think for Google this is a short term play and a long term play. The short term play I think is is what I described before the 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 JavaScript engine, which sounds very technical and geeky, but it's it's an important piece that. The market itself, even with an open source market, might not have delivered in the way that that Google wants to see it. The, the real play, though, is is in a world is is a push for a world where operating systems don't matter. Um, and Sergey Brin, the the co-founder of Google, said something like that at his press conference yesterday. He said operating systems are kind of an old-fashioned concept. Um, and um, I think that you know that makes sense if you look at this from a long-term perspective. Da- David's absolutely right in terms of mentioning mobile. There's three and a half billion mobile phones in use in the world, less than a billion PCs, about a billion television sets. Um, and that's where all the growth is, especially in the developing world. So uh, those platforms don't need a legacy operating system. They need some sort of software um, that provides the link that pulls together applications and content and connects with the network connection. Uh, and PCs are going to move in that direction as well over a period of time. Um, Google doesn't need to fight against Microsoft's revenue today. It's fighting for a bigger share of the much bigger pie 10 or 15 or 20 years from now. Um, and so I think this is one of many moves that they're making in that direction. Um, and you know whether Microsoft uh, fights them for browser market share or not, I, I don't think that, that changes that fundamental dynamic. Okay. These are insurance policies that are be t- being taken out. You know, clearly, people, even though Microsoft has seventy percent of the browser market, people are still going to Google for their search or for or with Google's allies. So, uh, basically, as I see it, and I see the overall strategy of Google, they're really getting into lots of different software products, and this one does seem um, like like a, quite an important in, an initiative from a strategic standpoint so that they can not be locked out via arm's length relationship with the third party that they don't wholly can't wholly control but should the world change on some other innovation through some other entrepreneurial company or some existing incumbent player that's going to disrupt their revenue model they want to be able to take action in a very quick way mm-hmm. and so i see lots of these initiatives that google has as enabling several, you know, uh, simultaneously enabling, uh, you know, much more kind of both defensive and offensive kind of goals for, uh, for the company that can really protect what's become very, very clear as uh, the strength of the company is online advertising marketplace. And we, keep, we keep talking Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft. There are other companies here. Apple is taking iTunes and making mm-hmm. it into a sort of entertainment browser, and they want to dominate the market as much as Google and Microsoft do. And you, know, you look at where their market cap has been going. Investors seem to think that they're on their way to as well. The cable and uh, telephone companies like Comcast and Verizon and AT&T, they want to dominate this converged market as well. Um, so there's there's a big game being played here, and 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 Google is is taking a whole series of steps to try to you know structure the marketplace in a way that's favorable to their strength, which is this web-based cloud computing model. Well, it'll be interesting to watch it unfold. Kevin, David, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, thank you. My pleasure. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.